There will be um, certain participation points in, uh, in what we're doing this morning. <clears throat> I want to talk to you again about what God has been speaking to us about accessing his presence. I want to be very upfront, um, very, very straight, very direct, prefer that way. Part of my role to you is, of course, to encourage, to care, to exhort. But it's also probably less, less sort of palatable, less attractive, is also to, to warn and say, look, this is good, but if you don't, this is, this is not good. And I want us to understand this morning, there's that element in what we're saying. I've entitled this, uh, Following the Cloud. Cloud always represents the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Or get lost in the dust. And the dust is what happens when vehicles or people move and there's a, there's a cloud of dust thrown up. I was watching... Um, one of these cops programs. I, I don't really like to watch them, but you know, I just watch them to keep Dawn company. You know, uh, and uh, I saw a, a brilliant tactic. I mean, that it was the tactic of the baddie, but they've been chased by the cops, and they turned off down a very dusty track and created such a cloud of dust that the cops couldn't, couldn't follow them. Now, of course, never wanting to glorify the evil, I thought, what a brilliant tactic. You know? <laughs> Completely lost, couldn't, couldn't find it. Following the cloud or get lost in the dust. See, when we talk about following, we're talking about something which is active. See, I can't, I can't follow by standing still, can I? I've got to follow. If I'm following, it's got to be doing something. If it's one of those games we used to play where you did this or you did that or you move forward, you move back, you, you got caught out if you didn't actually follow. Anybody remember playing that game? It's in a harmless, non-technological age of many years ago. No, just, just Alan can remember it. Here's the point, guys. Remember that story, that parable that Jesus told about the, uh, the group of people that were preparing, the virgins preparing for the bridegroom to come. And some had their oil and the spare oil and the others didn't. And, and the whole horrifying situation there and of course you know in our for some of us in our past that was all translated about getting into heaven uh, which really was a very very limited way of expressing that but here's the point is that you can actually be there and yet miss out on the reality of the purpose you can be there and yet not engage in connecting or being joined with, or if you like, coming into the presence in the story of the, the bridegroom, in, his, in essence, 
um, the presence of God. It's very, very significant uh, danger, Matthew 25. I mean, I think that's horrific. To actually, if you're, if you're not even there, that's one thing, but to, to be there and yet not to be engaged in the real thing, in the reality of the presence of God, just awful. I remember when we, a long time ago now, we were looking at the story of, uh, from Joshua and uh, the children of Israel after the death of Moses crossing, crossing over uh, into the promised land. And it, it said this in, in Joshua chapter 3. Uh, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've not been this way before. And it, it's just a strange thing. Keep a distance. And you think, why keep a distance? And then you stop and think, well, of course you've got to keep a distance because if you're going to follow it, and there's a million of you, you've got to keep very clear on the focus. You can't be distracted by scrabbling to see who's got the best position of closeness. You've got to be there. Keep, when it moves, and of course the story from, uh, from the children of Israel moving around in the wilderness, which many of you will know, was that God led them and guided them by the cloud. And the movement of the cloud was very important. And they had to follow. When the cloud moved, they had to move. When the ark moves, again, the representation of the presence of God, they had to move. See, being lost in the dust, hear me carefully, is not necessarily about going in an opposite direction. It is about drifting. It is about simply not following the cloud. It does mean that we can't always see very well where we're at. We've got a sketch to help to illustrate this. Okay, so we're, um, we're wanting to try and emphasize some of the, uh, the symptoms of coasting or getting lost in the dust. So here's a little table for you. So, oh dear, you can't see that very well, can you? Um, it's the symptoms of coasting, the drama, and real life. So the first one. So... There was a fo- focus on personal comfort. In the drama, you saw them with the deck chairs and, in the slip- uh, and with- wearing slippers. But what is it that sometimes we think about? What are the kind of those secret thoughts that go on in our heads? Maybe it's, oh, I've been out all day. I think I'll just stay in tonight. I won't help that person. I won't go to that, that meeting. I just have a relax. The next symptom. So we're insulated from the real world. In the drama, they were forgetting that they're at war. They were enjoying the scenery, taking pictures, enjoying their disco ball. In real life, what might we think? What might we say? You say, what is going on in Syria? There's something going on out in Syria? Christy who was murdered just down the road in Newham? I'm not aware of any of that. Next. We get blunted. We miss the significance of things. Advertising the password. It's not a very smart move. Sometimes we miss out on things. I hadn't realized that if I'd taken the the opportunity to volunteer as a mentor, I could have helped change someone's life. Next one. 
not participating or being late. The soldiers didn't turn up to roll call. Sometimes we get in that situation where we're thinking, well, it's important. the important thing that I'm here, whether I'm mentally here or emotionally here, I'm on holiday, that doesn't matter as long as I'm physically present. Or I was only a few minutes late. Next. Not aware of others' needs. In the sketch, they've turned off the radio. In real life, we might think, I didn't realize little Jimmy was so lonely. Or I'd just leave this serving opportunity for someone else. Next. Yep. Sometimes we're not fervent in seeking God in worship or in prayer. We might have the thought of, I didn't really get anything from God last time. I don't need anything at, at the moment. Next. Sometimes we get too familiar or we've become too professional. So you see Jeremy's character saying, we've heard it all before, the, we're all running out tomorrow, but I, I don't feel I need to be ready because it's, it's the same old, same old. Sometimes we might say, we might be too professional, that, that's, not my, that's not my ministry, that's, that's, that's not serving in my strength, I'll leave that to, to someone else to do that. Or I saw someone in a terrible state, so I passed them on to Sally to work with. Or here we go, another Sunday morning. Same old, same old. Next. Sometimes we might major on the minors. So the issue about stepping on the rug when they're about to get ready for an all-out attack. Sometimes we might be thinking, which group am I in? Am I in with all my friends? Instead of thinking, what army am I in today? Next. There's a bit of rebellion that comes in when we're coasting. You see how harshly that he spoke to us. Maybe we should look for another commanding officer. Might be in real life we think, well, they seem to appreciate everyone else, but they don't appreciate me. Next. Sometimes we find in, in coasting we look back at the good old days. Might be, oh, it was, it was much easier when it was just about the meetings, not about all this community engagement. It's, it's so tiring. Right. There could be uh, many other personal applications. What I want us to get hold of is this. We can change our attitude, our position. We could be more diligent about engaging in things. That would be the outcome. Please hear and understand that what I believe God's word is to us is about the thing changing internally. Namely, not about doing more, not just about thinking differently, but accessing or following the cloud, accessing the presence of God changes how we are. It will result in more accurate response in the things that we do or the attitudes that we have. But it has to come from the heart that is renewed, that is refreshed, because we're accessing the presence of God. If we don't actively follow the cloud, desire the presence, seek the presence, then there is a great danger that we get lost in the dust. And the symptoms of that, the symptoms of coasting, are something which we would not really wish to embrace. 
God wants us, firstly, because he loves us and wants us to be enjoying and engaged in his presence. Doesn't want us going through the motions of doing things because, well, you know, it's a job to be done. Without accessing the purpose and the heart and the sense of the reality of his presence. Doesn't want us to be operating. See, for a kingdom person, there should always be more in our heart than we could possibly put in our hands. More things stirring than we could possibly do. The other way around would mean that we're doing things which we have really no heart for. And God wants us to be accessing his presence because that's what changes everything. If we don't, what tends to happen is actually what we saw quite well in the sketch. We end up looking. It's a compensating because we're made body, soul and spirit. Our spirit connects with, relates to God. If we fail to do that, then we end up being more focused on the flesh or the mind. We make wrong decisions. We're looking for comfort. We want the feel-good factor. And we become very lackluster in our response to God. So the cloud is important. It's important because in the representation of the presence of God, that is what we're made for. We're not made simply to sit in meetings or serve one another. We're made to access his presence, to know him, to think his thoughts, to know his mind, for our heart to beat with his heart and out of those things to come together in this corporate act of worship or to be engaged in showing his love and life in community. But it has to, according to God's plan, start from his primary purpose that he loves us and wants us to be with him. We're made for his presence. It gives us the true direction and objectivity that he always intends. Gives us an awareness, a compassion. Things matter, uh, both within and without. I think we should be a people that look at the Arab League representatives going to Syria and coming with such a farcical report of the killings and and things that are going on there. I think it should matter to us because it's God's world. Well, Syria, I've never been there. It's a long way away. But it's God's world. I think these things should because we're the people of God. If we pick up the heart of God, I don't think God's sitting there saying, oh, it's Syria, isn't it? You know, it's Arabs, isn't it? It's Middle East, isn't it? Well, I mean, what can you do with that? I don't think that's God's heart and mind. I think he wants a people that love being in his presence, that thoroughly um, feel at home and enjoy that, but pick up his heart. Even in the natural, if you're in a loving family or community situation... You are affected, whether it's out of concern. You know, what do we do? We, as a community, we hear somebody that's good at something. I don't know, a good uh, plumber or something like that. We talk about it. We pick up on it. Oh, yes. Well, we'll go that way. You, you, it's the same in God. We, we, 
the closer we are to him, the more we're affected and pick up his heart and his mind in what's actually happening. I don't want to look at this stuff in North Korea. You know, people just reduced by huge um, fear to being kind of automatons, just operating out of fear. You know, these are people that Jesus died for. This is God's world. And all right, we can talk about cultural differences and inclinations and all that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, you know, these are still God's people. I don't want to look at all that stuff that was going on uh, when their leader died and all that that sort of farcical presentation of mourning and what have you. You think, but these are people who are not free, who are not able to respond. I don't want to get into too much of that, but I'm saying let's understand that understand entering in and knowing the presence of God is not about having goosebumps on our goosebumps. It's not just about a feel-good factor. It's about catching his heart and catching his mind and being the people that he wants us to be. But it starts from the place of enjoying the reality of his presence, which is really beyond words. You have to experience it to really be able to understand it. Just almost by the by, the cloud, the representation of the presence of God, If you just look, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but it was used as guidance, as protection, for the glory of God to actually see the manifestation of what God is like. And of course, as we've already said, the representation of the presence of God. And by the way, all of that was to a people continuing in rebellion. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that just show what God is like? God is not the God of disqualification. He's the God of the second chance. He's the God who invites us to engage in the reality of his presence. All right. So how do we do? How do we do it? How do we... How do we... Let's say we're all agreed... It's a varying degrees, but we're all agreed, presence of God, darn sight better than getting lost in the dust, yeah? Yeah. You know, to be sort of happy and fulfilled, probably better than being sort of sad and miserable, broadly speaking, yeah? Yeah? You don't look convinced, but on balance. So here's the next participation point. Have a little chat. And people around you or move away from them, it's perfectly all right, get up and move across the other side, talk to somebody else. What what does stir you? What inspires you? What what things would kind of move you in this direction of accessing the presence? What helps you? What 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 would kind of hmm? What things actually actually do that? Yeah? Talk together. Just let's sort of we'll get a little bit of feedback on. This is a participation point. 
Yeah? I know you prefer to listen to me, but sometimes, you know, you need to talk together. Okay, that's good. What things you come up with? Somebody tell me. What's, what stirs you? What moves you towards the presence? What inspires you? Testimonies. Absolutely hearing what God is doing. Real God amongst his people. Yeah. Which, by the way, let's be faithful to one another because there's a lot more going on than we ever really altogether get to hear about. Yeah. Uh, let's let's make sure that we, you know, when you hear something, just do that little sort of loving nudge. You need to, you need to let Lorraine know, or you need to find a place where you actually say something about that. Yeah. What else? Worship. Yeah. When we worship Him, it it helps to draw us, bring us into the presence. Okay. Where you really. Under a bit of pressure, you've got access, you suddenly wake up, wait a minute, I need God in this, yeah? Yeah, you just don't know what to say. And you're, you're pressed by that circumstance towards accessing the reality of his presence. Waking up. Yes came to himself. That's a, it's kind of like a, it's really an act of God, isn't it? You know, when he came to himself, he said, boom, wait a minute. Yeah. That's, that's something that God does. He actually gives us those moments of, of I don't know what you say, moments of clarity or realization. That's part of God's drawing us. Yes. Yes. Other people encourage and we can actually help one another. Encourage one another. The Bible tells us we can do that. In fact, the Bible tells us we should do that. It's a good test. Have you encouraged anyone today? It's, a, it's a part of what God's given us to do. Anybody else? Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Coming to the foundation of what is true rather than just what we feel. Yeah. Excellent. All right. How do I get anything from God? Ask. Really difficult to try and build something more complicated out of that, you know. I'd love to come with something, a real sort of, here's 17 points to secure something from God. But you can't make it more complicated. We ask. But always understand that there is an enemy that wars against us that will actually present more of a barrier to us asking God than just about anything else. You know, we sometimes think, oh, I don't know, I forgot. Or we, afterwards we think, why didn't I do that? Well, the reason is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Asking is so powerful. Ask and you receive. Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. 
We're talking about the reality of the cloud, the reality of the presence of God, coming back to what God really wants, or sometimes we use the term returning to our first love. For some of us, it's worth asking, you know, was I ever closer to God than I am now? Did I ever love him more than I do now? For some, it's saying, I don't really know what this is about, but I would like to experience it rather than just hear other people talk about it or teach about it. Part of the opportunity together, this is just a together opportunity, not only what we're doing when we come together like this or to pray, but what we're going to be doing with the Sunday night live. We call it Sunday night live. It's waiting on God, receiving from him. Uh, very, very important. Let's see what God's view is. Uh, very familiar scripture uh, from Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to give you a miserable time, a hopeless life, and to basically punish you. <laughs> this is God's heart. Done God's way. Remember, this was a change of direction to what they had heard. They'd heard, we're going to get out of here, this is great, two years, we get back. He said, no, you're not, you're going to stay there. But, even though you're going to stay there, I have a plan to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. I don't want us to forget this bit. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's a promise. There's a promise that we can know, engage, and enjoy the presence of God with all your heart. Now, there's an interesting thing. What does that mean? I don't want to take more time now. I'd ask you, but I suggest that that's something that you do consider. What does it mean? And it will be different for different people. But it does show... You remember what we said earlier on? It does show an activity. Following has an activity. Now, Owen, come here a minute. Hold my hand. Uh, hold my arm very firmly and stop me moving. Ooh, you're a bit stronger than I thought. <laughs> I need someone not so strong. <laughs> Look at this. I want to, but I can't. Because he's got a firm hold on me. Alright? That may be, thanks mate. That, that may be, listen carefully, that may be where you are. It may even be that you've got tired of wanting to and yet somewhere something ticks away that says I don't know whether I kind of do but I don't or I know that would be better but I can't see I want us to understand that it's 
in the plan of God that we can follow. And sometimes we need some help. We need some release. We need the power of God that changes something that we can't do ourselves that enables to follow. All we can do is, I decide, but I can't. He got hold of me. But God has provided an access point for us. And often it comes to the same thing. He's got hold of me. I can't move. And then he that is for us, who is stronger than he that is against us, will come. And usually in the form of the body of Christ. Will you pray for me? Will you stand with me? Will you help me? Not always. Not always like that. But often it's like that. We just make the decision. And God provides the power. So here's the last participation point. When I was considering this and preparing this over the last while, I felt God was speaking to me and that I should put to you a personal invitation. A personal invitation is this. Will you join with me in coming back to a place closer to God, more accessing his presence? We don't, we've never tended to do um, New Year's messages or that sort of stuff. We, we're not really a times and seasons people like that. But as we move into this, for the first time that I can ever remember, I'm feeling, okay, we're moving into this year, but we're moving into it in the context of something that God has been saying to us. And now I'm issuing an invitation. Will you join me in a pilgrimage to come to this place that God has set before us, this broad place, this place of his presence. The Bible tells me this. In John chapter 4, verse 14. It says this. Whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Talks about something which is very difficult to access in the logical mind. Talks about something that may be expressed in joy, in satisfaction, in peace and excitement. None of those words do it. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. psalmist said when he was really up against things he said I had fainted unless I had believed to see the hand of God in the land of the living. Now I'm quoting it because I remember quotes from the from the AV but it's basically saying you know every time that that weight that crushing that, that inability to, to move forward came I would see something of the hand of God in the land of living. It would be like a, like a rescue hand. It would be like something that, that, again, gives me access into the presence of God. 
talking really something internal. It's not manufactured. It meant this, that everything Jesus did, he did as a result of being first moved with compassion. We sung, Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. Same thing. What would that mean? What would that mean to lay my life before him? What would it mean to seek him with all my heart? What would it mean to say, you know what? I I couldn't necessarily identify with those things that Jamie put up on the screen, but I know that there's somewhere beyond where I am in terms of the reality of the presence, of knowing God, of enjoying his presence, and I want to go there. So let me finish with my question. My request, will you join me in a pilgrimage to come back into a closer place of the presence of God? It's a personal invitation. But I believe it's the word of the Lord. I'm saying it's a prophetic word, question presented in that way. What I'm going to ask you to do, if you're saying yes to me in that, and yes to God, and I don't want you to do this unless it's real, I want you to indicate that by standing as we come into this time of worship.